0: It's episode 19 of the Toadstool Boardroom for the week of October 12th, 2022. I'm Logan Plan, joined today by Odell Harmon Jr. Hey, 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 everybody. And
1: Chris Driver. What's up, Toads and Toadettes? And Toadsworths. And Toadsworths.
0: <laughs> we got a great episode of The Boardroom ahead. A lot of trailers to get into, including a whopping 14-minute Pokemon trailer that dropped last week. We're going to talk about the Link Tears of the Kingdom statue. That was at Nintendo Live. A listener emailed in with some ideas for names of our question segment, like we asked you to, but we're going to get started here with the biggest story of the last week, and that is that I started Metroid Prime. (laughs) And this was from our GameCube retrospective last week. If you missed it, that's on YouTube, Spotify, everywhere else, where we did count down the top 25 GameCube games. Metroid Prime won't spoil it if you haven't seen it yet but it got a very high ranking position off the votes of Odell and Chris alone. So tired of waiting for the inevitable, it feels remaster. I booted it up and I'm not feeling it yet. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you guys. I, and I think I know why I, I, I think it's a great game. Like, obviously I see how it was revolutionary. I, it is still gorgeous. It must've looked just unbelievable when it launched on the GameCube originally, because it is still a beautiful game. But I think how I'm feeling is that Metroid needs a reinvention. I think that I'm feeling that I've played Super, I've played Zero Mission, I've played Dread, played Samus Returns, and at some point it's like, I've seen this before. Okay, I get the missiles. You get the morph ball. You see the puzzles you can't do yet. You kind of already know what power up you're going to get to do those. And I texted this to you guys, and it just feels kind of similar to what people were saying about Zelda pre Breath of the Wild, where it's like, you see the hookshot target, you know you're going to get a hookshot. The sense of discovery is just not quite there. So me having played a ton of Metroid games and now going to this one, yeah, it's cool and different that it's in 3D. But I'm just kind of feeling like maybe, maybe Metroid, as it is now, has run its course a little bit. What do you guys think of that?
2: I still think you gotta give it more time because there's things in Metroid Prime, oh, yeah, especially I'm in the it. second half of the game, that don't that you that don't exist literally in any other Metroid game. So I I, I still think it. there's time for you to be won over. But I, oh, I yeah. get what you're saying. I, I I definitely get what you're saying. Yeah, I'm not saying the game's not good or I'm not going to finish it. It's
1: just
0: it's a, it's me playing it 20 years after the fact. It isn't having the same impact on me as I'm sure it did when it was
1: new. It's funny. I was thinking about this, uh, in the shower this morning. Um, not so much how, how Metroid needs to change, but how other games have pulled elements from Metroid and have become successful. And I think that's part of the reason, um, that's the statement of Metroid needs to change feels more prevalent now than it ever has before. Um, you know, I think like Metroid dread was an evolution of that whole, the whole Metroid process of like playing a 2d Metroid game, um, Metroid prime, you know, we really haven't had many other first person games that are like it since, Mm -hmm. um, you know, this like adventure game that is also in first person, first person. Yeah. Um, but I feel like in order to change a lot of what Metroid could be, you have to, not change not take it out of like the sci-fi setting but you need to um i don't know like mechanically like the way that Samus interacts with the world around her uh needs to fundamentally change and that's a tall order like a lot of the puzzle like the the puzzles that are exist within a Metroid game um have existed since i mean you know they've added a few things here and there but like for the most part, yeah, it is the usual suspects of like the spider ball, morph ball, bombs, Mm etc. Um, I don't know. I'm not smart enough to know what you do introduce or, 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 you know, any of that. Um, it's all, it's a bit like the halo problem where, you know, they're, they've tried changing things there, um, on that franchise. And now it is like, maybe you do just leave it alone. Um, you know, because it starts to become something that it, is so far from what it was to begin with, that, like, who are you actually appealing to at this point? The hardcore fans are upset because they're not getting another Metroid game, and new people are saying that old game feels old. I want something different. Yeah,
0: and I think that, again, I don't think every series necessarily needs to totally reinvent itself, but like like Zelda did and like we've seen some others do. Uh, I just think that when I look at Metroid Prime and when I look at Metroid Dread... I loved Metroid Dread. It's my favorite Metroid because to me it's the first Metroid I've ever played that actually feels good to control Samus in. Mm-hmm. I don't really like how Samus moves in most of the franchise. I'm kind of feeling that way in Prime just because of the camera controls. I am used to it at this point, but Dread just feels so good to control and it is so smooth and fluid and it's the first Metroid I've played where I feel like they really nailed combat. Like I I don't I don't like combat in Metroid Prime yet. I'm, it's very primitive right now because I don't have much. So maybe that will change as I, I get more power-ups. But to me, I need to play more. But I, what I love about Dread is how much they nailed traversal in combat. And all the other Metroids prior to that to me just feel a little stiff. And I'm feeling that way in Prime right
1: now. Which one are you playing, GameCube or the Wii release? I'm playing the GameCube one. Okay. That could be uh, part of it. I mean, like that game does, at least I feel that game really excels on the Wii. I played it originally on the GameCube, but, like, having that freeform control of Samus, like, with the camera and everything, it really does kind of elevate it. Um, I know that's not very purist of me to say, but uh, it's at least worth, like, dipping a toe into, for sure, just to see how you feel. You know, I I think it's really interesting because, so, I think that statement
2: about Metroid needing to pivot is only really true in 2D. And what I mean by that is because Metroid Prime two plays wildly different from Metroid Prime one and Metroid Prime three plays wildly different from the previous two like if you played all three in a trilogy and I feel like the three d uh Metroid space is just essentially those three games and each three of those games are okay. so vast vastly you know when we we're talking about Metroid Prime two during the um the uh, our list is that I feel like if we're st- if we're talking about Metroid Prime four or just three d Metroid in general I feel like there are subtle changes that you can do where, cause all those games still feel uniquely Metroid. So I feel like if we're the 3D space, there's still so much we can do that wouldn't be revolutionary in terms of like changing the game design, but it'd be revolutionary to 3D Metroid. And I think, you know, that might be an easier, still a tall art, still a tall order, but an easier ass to accomplish. And that's what I'm hoping for at least the Metro Prime four.
0: Yeah, so again, these are early impressions of a twenty-year-old game. I think that I do like it a lot. Like I, I said, I'm not feeling it. I'm just not feeling it as the best game on the GameCube sure. right now. Uh, but I, I'm gonna play this trilogy. I, I've just been really into Metroid lately and the GameCube, so it felt like the right time.
1: Yeah. I do have one, I got one. Sorry, one quick question for Odell because you're the only one that has played Other M. What are the chances that like we go, one of us goes back and plays Other M? And we're like, this game hits now.
2: Oh, uh, uh, 100%. Because I wrote an article when I was at Game Informer about crafting the best Metroid game. And I, t- I specifically talk about all the elements of Other M that makes it a really good game. And half those elements ended up in Dread. That's all I'm saying. Interesting. That, okay. That's, so if you like Dread, things that Dread did began in Other M.
1: Similar to the Skyward Sword situation with Breath of the Wild. Yeah yeah
2: dread's biggest like horribleness is just the story like in terms of pure gameplay other m? And what you're doing yeah Other M. in terms of uh pure gameplay and stuff like it's it's a great game it's just when you add the story elements it just it just bombs hard yeah i have a
0: i have a big suspicion that I'm gonna really like other m i really do i think i think, think, I like think you movie. will i yeah. think you will too yeah i yeah I've always been fascinated by the turn the Wii remote sideways to go from the third person to first person perspective. Does that work? Or is it clunky? I don't know. We'll see. I'll play that eventually. Um, But last thing I want to say on prime before we move on, because this is still following up on last week. I'm still not at the point that I've the furthest point I've reached in that game because I I have played this before. I just didn't quite finish it. Uh, And it was years ago. So it's all a little hazy. So I'm hoping maybe when I get to some of this new stuff, I haven't seen before it'll, uh, it'll, it'll start clicking with me. It's beautiful though. I love the art direction of metroid prime i just I
1: really oh it's that incredible
0: that's our gamecube follow-up we did a couple messages on twitter about favorite gamecube games rachel says that paper mario the thousand year door is their favorite gamecube game i replayed it a few years ago and it's still so so good and then ben said this is a really good list thank you ben i think that the only games i'd add are bait and Kytos and tales of symphonia i've played neither of those games but uh, I, I know a lot of people like Tales of Symphonies. That's the one that's getting remastered, right? Yes. It's getting remastered this year? Yeah. Yep. And then, spoiler for our list. However, Twilight Princess over Wind Waker is insane to me. And <laughs> Ben, you should go replay Twilight Princess. Do your thing now. <laughs> okay. That is the GameCube. Let's get into the news of this week, which is the Super Mario Brothers movie trailer. I guess this was also last week, but we haven't talked about it yet. It's here. There was a Nintendo Direct, Miyamoto introduced the movie. Chris Pratt showed up and said that he spent hours of his childhood stomping Koopas. True or false? I'll leave that up to you. Jack Black was there, too. And then we see the trailer itself. Two and a half minutes. Most of it is is Bowser on this floating lava, Bowser's Island, that lands at this penguin icy kingdom. They storm up to the gates. We see Kamek is there. I really liked Kamek, by the way. had one line. I thought it was very funny. Uh, And then the penguins storm out. There's this king penguin. Gives his epic speech, and then they just chuck a bunch of snowballs at Bowser that just fall off him because they're snowballs. Uh, he gets a superstar. He says, who's going to stop me? Then we cut to Mario, who is being transported into the Mushroom Kingdom, seemingly for the first time. Is he from, like, real life Brooklyn? We don't know. We, Chris is nodding his head. He says yes, uh, and then uh, Toad shows up. He screams at Mario. I thought Toad sounded very good, and then he says that we got to go, and then we, we really hear our best our best, our, our best soundbite so far of Chris Pratt's Mario. He says, Mushroom Kingdom, here we come. And then there's a little stinger where we see Luigi being chased by a bunch of dry bones, uh, which was awesome because my, my girlfriend's two favorite Mario characters are Luigi and dry bones. So she really liked that little <laughs> stinger clip at the end. But that's the trailer. Th- that we, we finally got a look at it. Uh, and I'll start by saying, I love how this movie looks. I think it looks just amazing the way the lava is like dripping on the ground as that Bowser Island is, is floating in on the establishing shot. Very cool. I really liked the colors and everything of the looks of the, the blue icy city and, and the red fiery ship. I thought Jack Black sounded awesome as Bowser. I am all in on that as I think much of the internet is. I wasn't worried about Keegan-Michael Key as Toad because I'm not always a super big fan of him, but I really loved his voice as Toad. And I, much like everyone else, the main thing I'm out on is the voice of Mario itself. I just wasn't sold. I know we have a lot of opinions on this. Chris, I'll throw it to you. Thoughts on the trailer overall at first. Let's save the Mario discussion for a little later.
1: I mean, I've watched this trailer probably 20 times at this point. Um, I'm obsessed with it. Um, the animation is stellar. Um, I know they're mm-hmm. still working on lighting. I think the lighting looks great, at least in the scenes that we saw. Um Jack Black is perfect. Um, uh, he's He's got like a 90% for me. There's like some of it that is like too Jack Black. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, like great job, great casting. It seems like they also like animated some of Bowser's mannerisms out of like what I imagine he looks like in a sound booth. Um,
0: Absolutely. Like when his eyes were like popping. Yeah. Like when he saw the superstar, I'm like, that looks like Jack Black. That actually looks like him.
1: Yeah. Um, it's great that like we're seeing uh, these secondary characters like the penguins um, have these really great comedic moments, at least in this scene. Um, Like I really wasn't expecting that out of a trailer like this. I really thought it was going to be more focused on Mario. Um, The fact that it wasn't focused on Mario has me concerned. Um, And we'll get into more discussions about that later. Um, But I I'm excited for everything in this movie, except for Mario. Um, I do want to like, if I haven't said this already, um, cause I keep thinking it like we need to give more respect to Keegan Michael key because his toad is so divine. <laughs> like It's so Agreed. good. I really hope he voices all of them, but, and like, it's just like little different variations of the same voice, um, for each toad. I think that would be really funny. Um, yeah. But he really does uh you know, he captures that really, really well. Um Charlie Day's Luigi is perfect. Um and even though we really only heard him like, ah, you know, but mm-hmm. um he makes more sense as Luigi than I think Charles Martinet does, um, who is also the voice of Luigi in the games. Um and I want to hear Odell's thoughts on the trailer first. Um, But what I want to get into eventually is I think that's why you need a real actor instead of Charles Martinet um, playing Mario because you have all these other Hollywood actors playing the other characters. It might might be out of place. But Odell, I really want to hear what you have to say about all this.
0: Sorry. So by real actor, you mean like Hollywood? Hollywood, I'm sorry.
1: Hollywood actor. I'm looking at a a billboard at the Regal cinema and they are, you know what I mean? Uh, That's not a a demeaning term. Obviously Charles Martin. I just want want to clear it
0: up. No, I appreciate that. that. (laughs) I
1: appreciate you clearing that up. No, I mean like a, a box office, big screen actor. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, Odell. What do you think? Besides Mario, leave Mario
2: out of it for now. (laughs) Um, 10 out of 10, like, um, I, the only thing I will say about Mario before we talk, like, I think Mario looks fine. I know some people, based off the leaks, of like, he's good to go with me, visually speaking. I'm cool with you, Mario. The, uh, the other visuals, 10 out of 10, amazing. Like, I have not one complaint on the visual style. Like, I'm hoping the next Mario game doesn't look exactly like this, but if it looked exactly like this, I would not complain. You know, <laughs> uh, Jack Black, perfect. Per- like, I didn't think he was going to be bad. I thought he was going to be passable, but he's actually good. Like, And that's, that's a big win for me. The, the whole Penguin thing, I can't really say anything else I haven't seen. I just liked it all. Toad, I'm kind of 50-50 on Toad. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm, I'm like, do I like this? It definitely gives me Toad energy. But could I take this for an hour and a half? I do not know that yet.
1: <laughs> I feel like it's less graining than real Toad. Like, real Toad is good in spurts and is way higher. Like, ready for adventure! Like, it's really, (laughs) really up there. His is Uh at least, like, a notch down.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, a full octave lower than what we're used to hearing from Toad. Yeah, Yeah, I like Toad. I was kind of hoping Toad would be this, like, surreal, insane person because his (laughs) voice... In the games, his personality isn't really like that, but... His voice is. So I'm glad to see that his voice is that. And then it seems like his personality is kinda be like gonna be like that too, because he's just screaming at Mario, like don't don't touch that. Like right off the gate. I'm like, I like that. I, I like that intro for Toad. I think he's funny. I also want him to voice all of them though. I, I think that'd be great if he was just every Toad.
1: Yeah. And he did them all he's
0: slightly
2: pretty. different. I want him to be Toadette too, just just bring it on home. <laughs> and Toad's <laughs> worth.
0: Let's talk about Mario. Chris, I'm glad you brought this up. That like, it, it's interesting that you think you need an A-list actor to play Mario, and everyone else is too. And what that made me think of right away is the Sonic movie, where that is not the case with Tails. the The voice actor who plays Tails in the games plays Tails in the movie. So you have uh, you have Sonic and Knuckles being voiced by Hollywood actors, TV actors, people recognize, and then Tails just sounds like Tails from the game, and it works. Yeah, I thought it worked really well. In sonic too uh, but then i i think that the difference here is do you want to hear charles martinez mario for a full 90 minute movie and to me it sounds like you guys say yes that that Definitely. is what you
2: want you 100%. don't think that that would get old like some of the internet is maybe it no. would get old to hear that why it, okay one so tara strong brought this up in an argument i'm just gonna read re- what she said and she was trying to you know bring claim to, you know, voice actors that, you know, they're really trained professionals. They know what they're doing. And specifically in Charles Martinet case, he is an actual voice actor. Like he, he, he did this before Mario. He's a profession. And I feel like as a professional, as a trained voice actor, as someone who in theory, I would assume understands this character very well. I, I just would assume he does would have the nuance to be like, okay, this is Mario in the games, but maybe I need to bring it down for a movie. Maybe I need to add this inflection. Yeah. I just believe he has the chops to do that. You know, he he suddenly, the man. I'm pretty sure the man knows how to do more because people always bring up the argument. He's gonna go, be me, me Mario. Like like he can only like he like no the man can say full sentences as Mario. I mean, those are the sound bites we hear the most. But there's there's no reason for me not to believe that because he has to do lines over the course of a movie that he couldn't add the nuance and flavor that each scene would need. And it's okay. like so, you know, I don't know y'all, did y'all guys hear the French version? Like people are like, "Oh, I'm going to watch yeah. the movie in French." Because like the French voice actor is clearly imitating Charles Martinet, like he's clearly doing the nuances that the man has been doing for 30 years, and I assume other versions will too. So I'm like it, it I feel like it's strange that we're going to have in other languages the people who voice Mario are imitating the man that people don't want to do it for some reason, whatever those people don't want him to do it. I just think that's obscene.
0: Yeah. I'm not saying I didn't want him to do it, but I don't know what I want. I don't Cause what I know, I don't know what I want, but I know that what they've shown me is not it right. That's how I feel right now. I don't know what the answer is. Cause I feel like it could maybe get a little old for, the Mario voice as we know it to be the voice over a full movie. And if you pair that with what we heard of Bowser, it just, I don't really know if it fits the vibe, kind of like what Chris was saying at the same time. I don't think that Chris Pratt is the right call here when I think the rest of the cast so far is very good. And I thought it was the whole time. And now we've heard it and it's kind of reinforcing what we all kind of thought is like, is this going to sound like Chris Pratt? And he does. But then at the same time, I'm like, if Mario's the only one that we don't really care for in this movie Maybe that's all right, because Mario's never even really... Mario's not the reason you love playing Mario games, right? It's the world and everything around Mario that Mario interacts with that you care about. So maybe it's not a big deal if his voice isn't that good, unless he's the one with the most lines in the movie, which we don't know. I have no idea what to expect conversations to play out because Mario never talks. So it's just... I really don't like how little they showed in this trailer. I, I really don't like how little of Mario we saw. I wanted to get an idea of... What's it going to be like when Mario talks to someone? But he didn't really even. He just said two lines that weren't
2: even he really said directed to him. Two at lines toe. that were incorrect. Okay, I know what you're saying about Mario doesn't really talk, but we know he has catchphrases, and here we come is not one of them. I'm just like from a script perspective. I don't know if Chris Pratt just did it on his own, but I feel like that's an insult. When everyone heard him say, it wasn't let's go, it wasn't here we go, it was here, we, come. I feel like that's just stupid. I'm sorry.
1: That's stupid. <laughs> I think the they're, man have- They're trying to, like, derail any type of comparison that people are, can make with the English voice acting. And I wonder, yeah. like, I don't know how Mario works in other territories as far as, like, video game voice acting is concerned. It's not Martinet doing it in every language. So it can't be. I feel like it would be because I don't know. Think about it.
0: Like if you play a Japanese version, it'd be him. There's no like dialogue, right? So do they really have other... Or do they, is it just him
1: doing English? Like, let's go. Here we go. I feel like it is. Okay. That'd be my guess. I don't know, but that'd be my guess. So if that's the case, it would be weird in that, like, because I imagine internationally, like, right, the French release, they're not going to have Charlie Day and all these other actors Mm -hmm. in their release. They're going to have whatever French actors are going to do it or whatever VO actors are going to do it. So to make it not weird for those territories, maybe that's part of the reason, too. The other thing, too, is, like, I feel like they cast someone that, and this is, like an internet meme slash insult, but like they cast someone to be Mario who would pick Mario and Mario Kart. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> okay. they picked this guy that just like, he doesn't really have a lot of, not that he doesn't have a lot of personality. He's great as star Lord. Um, but it's just very white bread. Like it's just very vanilla. And that's kind of the, and I'm not trying to defend it. I just think this is what, this was the conversation going into, casting this movie was they were like, we need a big Hollywood actor. We need somebody that can just kind of, we can put in to any scene and they can kind of adapt. And I think they just chose poorly. They also like, they made the mistake of casting him with Charlie Day, who always sunny in Philadelphia. Like the man has a new, a a Northeastern accent and Mm -hmm. Chris Pratt does not. So him, Chris Pratt trying to do a Brooklyn accent as Mario, it's just like is not, and then on top of it, you're gonna have Sebastian Maniscalco as Spike from Wrecking Crew. He's gonna be super Northeastern, like, it's not gonna come out the same way. It, it It's gonna be very obvious that he's like really forcing a voice, at least I, that's what I imagine. But I don't know who oh. else you would pick though. Oh, here, here, here's.
2: After 1998, Charles Martin A is basically been the voice in all Mario
1: games. In, in all, all te- okay, that was that was the question. <laughs> was it in all territories yeah. or not?
2: Yeah, he was voiced by a different man in Japan up until 1998, but then after 1998, it was solely just him.
1: Wow. But it's all Mario. The other thing too is like Sunshine kind of ruins it for us because you have you have straight up voice acting in that game. From Bowser, you kind of have an idea of what he's gonna sound like. Um, baby Bowser, Peach, Toadsworth, all those characters get voice acting. And Mario is like, Oh, oh, oh yeah. Like that's pretty much all you yeah, get yeah, in that yeah. game. That was really good. That I that was better than Chris Pratt. I've listened to a lot of Mario <laughs> in my life. Um <laughs> there's there's not a lot for us to draw off of outside of Martin A doing videos on his Instagram of what Mario would yeah. sound like saying complete sentences and watching those videos as an adult male who grew up with this franchise and is completely still in love with it to this day. I feel weird watching those. If I were watching a Martin video in public and someone were to walk by, I would feel weird about it. <laughs> okay. If that makes okay. sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So here's what I want to circle back to and ask you guys. And at the end of the day, this movie, I think this movie will be good. I don't think it's going to be ma- make or break on Pratt's voice. I yeah. think, I think that from what we saw, I know this is going to be a good movie, and we'll all get over this, and it doesn't really matter, and it's a kid's movie. Yes, we know all this, but we're still here talking about it. What if they made a Mario movie where Mario just didn't talk? Like that <laughs> Sunshine, Sunshine cutscene. What if that's the solution? And you, he's traveling with Toad, and Toad talks the most, or Luigi talks the most. Like what if that was the solution?
1: I'd rather that.
2: Yeah, I, I'll take that. I'll take
0: that over what we heard. Yeah,
2: I agree. Like I agree. The,
0: and Illumination is the studio for that because they make the Minions movies right? or the Minions don't talk. It's the right call. I thought that's where they were going when they partnered with Illumination. And then when they said Chris Pratt, I was like, I no longer think that because why would you have Chris Pratt doing this if Mario is going to be mostly silent? But I really think that might have
1: been the move here. I think that would have been a better move. Um, you were so used to it's like when you meet somebody who's a podcaster in real life and you don't know what to say to them because you've been listening to them talk for the last how many years and then when you finally get the opportunity it's like oh no I'm I'm not used to this part of the conversation where I get to talk mm-hmm. back you know what I mean um, if I'm watching a Mario movie like, not that I feel I want to be Mario, but I am so used to being in control of that character that, like, there is a little bit of me in that when I'm going through that experience. And it's almost like you want you want viewers to feel that way while watching a movie. At least that's the Mario movie that I would make, um, where you're just kind of taking in the world around you. Maybe Toad is, like, neurotic. And has been all over the world and whatever. And he's kind of your Sherpa through this like new land that you've never yeah. been to before. But like, that's fine. Um, your brother is also neurotic and voiced by Charlie Day. Like, I can get behind all of that um, yeah. just as long as you're along for the ride. And it's like a lot of action packed scenes and things like that. I don't need this like touching love story between Mario and Peach. You know, just let me let me see the world and like experiencing and in those eyes.
2: But you know, here here's my thing. So, I do when I when I reflect on it, I get what y'all guys are saying. Like you know, in terms of like, do we need to hear all these lines from Mario? And what the better thing is? And here's here's the, I think my major disconnect what I have with the people on the internet who who were saying this is fine or we don't know what Mario Mario has characterization. Like I I don't understand where this notion comes from where people are like Mario is some blank slate that we've been inserting a personality over. Like. Mario has characterization in the same sense that Link has characterization. In the same sense that Samus, who is arguably the most silent of them all, has characterization. I don't, I don't have to like ponder what Samus is thinking, what Link is thinking, what Mario is thinking. Like I know what these characters are like. And so what I'm saying is... With that saying, I feel like what we got doesn't respect who Mario is as a character. It doesn't feel like Mario. Because I, I agree. I can't tell you what my perfect voice of Mario would be. But I can definitely say this doesn't feel like Mario. And I feel like that's I, my, my, my biggest issue with it. I still think it's too early to make that call. We didn't see enough. But this movie was delayed.
0: And they barely showed Mario in the first trailer for the Mario movie. I have a feeling maybe it is the weak point of the movie and maybe they know that
1: I like I I do wonder if how late it can be before they if they chose to recast like how 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 late in the game they could do that you know like (laughs) animations already done obviously but like can you get somebody to form fit to what's happening on screen for just him and it not be weird. I don't it's know. Not that, it's, the, I, it's not that it's bad. It's not. That I'm just bad. saying like, it's not. It's if just they were, fine. Yeah, but if they were to make like I don't think the internet is in this like uproar. I don't think it's like outrage. Yeah. You know, the way this is not what happened with Sonic, right? Oh like, yeah. With yeah, the teeth fine. and all that. It's not that. <laughs> um I think the the only things that they they I could see them looking at it and be like, no, we need to make Mario have more of like a form, right? He needs to have a butt. Put that bubble butt on my boy. That's fine. And then if, if it seemed like it was really that big a deal, you recast. But I just don't see it happening. Plus, inevitably, three years down the road, somebody's going to make the cut. They're going to make the Martinet cut. And it's going to be people doing impersonations. And it's going to be on YouTube. It's going to get a copyright strike, et cetera, et cetera. Like, th- that will be a whole thing that we're going to mm-hmm. have to live through. We already are because of like, the clips that we're getting. All right, we should move on.
0: I, so I'm, I'm happy with the trailer. I think this movie is going to be good. Yeah. I do think that it, I want to know why it was delayed. And I just have a sinking feeling that that's why we didn't get more Pratt in the trailer was because it's, there's not that much to show. But let's move on here to some Pokemon Scarlet and Violet stuff. We got two new trailers. One of them is from last week. Odell, it was a whopping 14 minutes long, and then one dropped this morning. Shorter trailer that introduced a streamer slash influencer slash gym leader. We're going to focus more on the first one because that one had a lot of stuff shown in it. We saw cooking. You make sandwiches for (laughs) for your Pokemon, which was super cute. They showed a lot of trainer customization, which looks pretty good. They showed off that let's go mechanic where you send your Pokemon off to basically do an auto battle. Gain experience, collect items, and come back. They showed off. Uh, they showed off basically Sun and Moon's trials returning prior to a gym leader fight. This one it showed you collecting Sun Flora that are running at like five <laughs> FPS next to your they, trainer. They are. And then they also showed a battle against uh, the the team Team Star in this game, where prior to that big parade float coming in, where you fight the leader. You basically do a let's go battle. And I don't mean let's go Pikachu. Why did they, why'd they pick this word? Uh, let's go, meaning you send out your Pokemon to auto battle like 20 Pokemon from the evil team before taking on the, the, the team leader. So there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, but Odell, just your general thoughts. 14 minute presentation, couple, just about a month and a week ahead of release of this game.
2: Are you sold? Anything concerning you? Do you need to see any more? Um, well, I want to praise them one because that was 14 minutes and they only showed off one new Pokemon, so I am commending them yes. for keep, keep they're keeping the Pokemon the new Pokemon count very low. Totally. And it was an evolution, and it was a oh, you know, I, I will avoid those like the plague, but <laughs> you know, we got an evolution of a, of, a, of a Pokemon we've already known existed from generation two, so that's cool. And uh, for Rigorath, yeah, for Rigorath, Is that you said? It's, yeah, it's like, it's like Giraffe Rig, but like uh-huh. backwards, yep but uh you know that's cool so i'm like yeah i'm 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 in a a lot of the so remember when we talked about how pokemon's different things to different people this game showcased a lot of things that wasn't what i would consider core pokemon but still seems extremely fun like they showed us like you know the TM making sandwich making just all these cool all all these non-core battle mechanics mechanics that is and i really like that because pokemon's always lacked in hey you know y'all both talk about if you're not doing the main quest what are you doing here But this trailer was basically 14 minutes of not doing anything concerning, like, regular battling. It was just existing in the world, and it all looked great. And, yeah, I'm sold. The customization, I don't know if it'll be as good as I need it to be or want it to be, but it's definitely more, so that's a step in the right direction. Uh, One one of the trainers looked like my friend. I sent her a picture, and now she she hates it. She's going to change her (laughs) hair, probably, but I'm sorry. (laughs) But, but yeah, like, so I'm excited because it's, like, we keep getting – information that's like if you're a core fan like me like any pokemon could be any Terra type that's huge like my mind can't even wrap around that and then we're getting stuff that's like hey if you just want to bond with your pokemon and just like explore like a real yeah make a sandwich hey go for it yeah
0: i thought that it was a really a great trailer and this is a game i've been skeptical of a franchise i'm very hard on I think deservedly so, over the last decade. Uh, But this one, I think, is doing a lot of things right from what we're seeing. I think that when we heard this was going to be open world, my concern was so are they going to, what kind of mechanics are they going to introduce to the gameplay to kind of support this open world idea? And I think there's a couple things here that are like, they really thought about it and got it right. I think that the Let's Go auto-battling, very smart. You can do that in most big open world RPGs or JRPGs like this, where you just can set the controller down, let them do it. So you don't have to grind every Pokemon metal. Very smart thing. I think that the TM machines is a cool idea. It has felt for years. They haven't really known what to do with TMs. It was like, Oh, you get one, you have them all. You can use it infinite times. And it just kind of became this throwaway mechanic that didn't really matter. And you just kind of unlocked moves as you went and it felt pretty linear. But this Kind of being able to craft what TMs you want, I think is a super cool evolution for them that gives you even more kind of agency over your team. The different terrastall types that a Pikachu can have any type when he terastalizes, that's gonna change the competitive game, I think,
2: a lot, right? Odell, that's oh, that's no. huge. That's that is huge. I was already talking to a couple of my poker groups and they were like, bro natures evs now terror types oh man and they we're thinking just about just the the chest mining games with that is just like oh look here's my pokemon oh well it could be any ter-. And we're like how many times can you terrorize is the one is a once a thing that any pokemon could do is that one time per battle like there, there's so many layers that it's just like it's it's dumbfounding to think about it from a competitive standpoint i think my one concern with the terrestrializing right now is I hope it's
0: not an instant win button. In like Sword and Shield, it was like, oh, they Gigantamax, so now you have to, or the other way around. And I hope that this is a little more strategic. Like I hope it's, I want this to play more into the type change than to powering up your Pokemon, right? Like if you have a Pikachu and he terastalizes into a grass type, I don't want him to terastalize into a grass type that has the power of a Pokemon like 20 levels above him because that's kind of been the problem, I think, with some of these mechanics before, where if it's like, oh, now that you flipped the tables, the script has changed on the type advantage in this match, that to me is way more interesting than, oh, you terastalized. It's basically a one-hit kill instant win button. So that's something I'm still waiting to see the balance of. Even in this trailer, it was like, oh, your opponent terastalized. How are you going to counter? You counter by also terastalizing. Like, oh, that's, that's the exact opposite of what I'm looking for here. But if they get that kind of balance right, I think it could be by far the coolest battle mechanic they've introduced since, what, X and Y, when the Mega Evolution started, and they felt like they had something different every gen. This definitely seems to be the most fleshed out and thoughtful one of all of those to me.
2: Oh, yeah, most definitely. Uh, I guess, what so here's the thing. I'm not the biggest fan of the Let's Go mechanic or anything Let's Go, honestly. Because it reminds me of Pokemon Go and any Pokemon Go mechanic in the core game ruins the experience. But it's
0: not really like Pokemon Go. It's that's why I think it's a bad name. Because it's not really <laughs> like that at
2: all. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I wasn't a fa- but this trailer turned turned me around because I was like, Oh, okay, like, like, for example, like, oh, I'm doing something. Oh crap, there's a Pokemon I want. I don't have to stop doing it. Oh, there's an item off the begotten road. Oh, Pokemon, just go get it. I can literally keep going down my path, and it's just like. Oh, cool. I don't have to like walk 20 feet over this way and come 20 feet back. And I was just like, Oh, it's it's useful in a way that's not just like because
1: it keeps when, uh, when moving. they first
2: yeah, when they first showed it, I thought it was gonna be like this weird, wonky, like your Pokemon runs off to parts unknown, you don't see it, and then you know, after X amount of time it comes back, and it's like, Look at all this stuff that it did. I'm like, Oh, I'm like, Oh no, it's within your vicinity, you can see it, you can see mm-hmm. it interacting. You can jump into a battle, like let's say it's battling something like a shiny Pokemon you want to catch. You're like, "Oh crap, don't kill it! Let me just run over there." And now we're back in a standard, you know, turn-based style. And look, I'm like, "Okay, yes, the the, the way you're now show me, I'm not on board." Like like you said, Chris, it keeps things moving, and like a good way, not like in a weird like pseudo. Your Pokemon's gonna be gone for an hour, which I thought it was gonna do, and then it's just gonna come back with like just stuff.
0: Yeah, I think that. My I loved Arceus. I've been that clear on this on this show. I, It's my favorite Pokemon game maybe ever. I, I just love that game. Uh, and one of my favorite things that it does that I think the core Pokemon games have failed at maybe forever is actually feeling like your party matters outside of battle. Like, yeah, you have HMs, you have Surf, but for most of the game's history, you're just surfing on this undefinable blue circle. That you don't really know what it is. And then in... In Arceus, it's like you send out your Pokemon to ram the tree to get the berries to fall, right? You you, you do these things in the overworld with your Pokemon where it's like, yes, this is your... You, you can just send them out to just hang out with them. And yeah, like Sun and Moon had that X and Y, but you had to go into like a menu to do it. Actually doing it seamlessly in the overworld, I think, is a big part of what can kind of immerse you in the world of Pokemon. Like you wanted to be when you were a kid, right? Send, be walking down the street with your Charmander. And I think that the let's go mechanic... Is kind of similar to that where it's like, yeah, you can actually use your Pokemon besides just for the fighting aspect. So that's why I really like it is it's like it just feels more organic than walk up to a tree that you can cut, cut it, walk through. That's it. You see the little cut ceiling to Pokemon and that's it. This being like, oh, I want you to go fight that Pokemon and it's your choice. That just kind of plays into the open world nature. Go where you want, do what you want. So I think it's actually a really cool mechanic.
2: Yeah, the one thing that, that came from Arceus that's on this new trailer that I'm happy is for. I mean, this was a little bit in X, Y, and other games. Like, usually, you know, you go camp or you do whatever, and your Pokemon interact with each other. But it's like generic a- animations. There's kind of like, this is my battle animation. This is my battle animation. Mm-hmm. But this is like when you have the picnic, it's like, no, your Pokemon interacting organically, like how they did in Arceus. Like, they can have little side conversations. They can fight each other. They can just nap. They can not want to be bothered. And then, you know, yep. they did the thing. That all games do they added a camera but oh my god the pictures people were taking i was like whoa okay okay because in rcs i spent way too much time arranging my team and in the ways i wanted to take cool pictures but now i'm like oh this is actually what i needed now they're actually running around doing cool stuff and i can take pictures with them like where one like uh the the the, the graffiti whatever whatever his name he's like sleeping on a sign like he goes out, and he goes up on the sign and starts sleeping. And someone takes a picture of him. I'm just like, uh-huh. okay, this is what I need. This is this is everything I could have ever wanted. I'm gonna have a team that's like not a battle team. It's gonna be like just my f- photography team. You just look cool. Go do cute <laughs> stuff on things. I'm gonna be like that parent. Now smile. No, look this way. No, no, do do the, do that. Oh, ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh.
0: yeah. The last thing I want to end on here is just a couple things I'm not as high on. I mentioned it in the overview, but. The, the Team Star Rebel base where you charge in and basically just send out your Pokemon to annihilate the, the 20, like, random NPC Pokemon. Is that going to be any fun after the first time or even the first time? Unsure. And, wow, there's some frame rate issue in this game. There's a windmill in one of the towns you walk into. That thing is, like, it is, like, <laughs> chugging at, like, five frames. It is. It's worse than anything in, like, we talked about it in Kirby. Of some enemies off in the distance operate at a much lower frame rate, or even in Splatoon, some of the like characters on the map, this is worse than all of those examples. <laughs> like, It is the centerpiece of this town you're walking into, and there's just a giant windmill, and it's like, uh, uh, it's like it's so unnatural. It's like if that's even in there, if, if it can't run well, it'd look better if you were just like, it's not windy today, and this is stationary, but it, <laughs> it looks bad. It looks bad, but yeah, not a huge deal to me. Just thought it was fair to point that out when we've talked about it for a bunch of other games too, but that is, that's Pokemon. I also think that the Titans look really, cool. the, the like giant cloth that we saw the crab. That's kind of like the, oh man, what are the red eyed ones called in Arceus? I can't remember what they're called. Noble, noble Pokemon uh, in, in Arceus. So it looks kind of like that. So very cool stuff. we a month away. There'll be a lot more Pokemon chatter to be had. Chris has been silent for a while, so we're going to get him to talk about Splatoon 3 Amiibo and the next Splatfest revealed. Uh, So this has happened on the same day, November 11th. That is a week before Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. The next Splatfest is Splatoon cross Pokemon. Hashtag Logan was right. Called this on Twitter like two months ago. Uh, This is going to be grass versus fire versus water. It's going to run from 11-11 at 4 p.m. to 11-13 at 4 p.m. And on the same day, those Splatoon 3 Amiibo are coming out. That's Yellow Inkling. Blue Octoling and Small Fry, $15.99 each. There's a three-pack in Japan, no three pack in North America. And these unlock some in-game gear. And Chris, you who has the entire Splatoon Amiibo collection, says that you're passing on these.
1: I pre-ordered them yesterday.
2: There it is. <laughs> I knew this would happen. I knew After you- all that mess you were talking. I, I know it, it. it does
1: suck though. Like it, you know, I it's okay. amiibo? I did too. Amiibo hunting, right? Let's let's take let's go back five years, whatever it was, right? Let's go back eight years. Smat- oh my god! Smash yeah, Brothers right? for Wii U drops, and the hunting scene begins. And they're eleven ninety nine. If you got them at Best Buy and were a member at Gamers Club, you got them for twenty percent off, and they were like nine bucks a pop.
0: Sorry, they were twelve ninety nine. Twelve ninety nine. Thank you. Yep, thirteen ninety
1: nine at Toys R Us. Either way, for some reason. They were, they were under $10 per Amiibo. And that was a much easier pill to swallow. For what the Splatoon Amiibo do, for how many that already exist, and for the outfits that I don't wear, this is entirely too much. And I understand, like, the quality has increased, the level of detail on the figures themselves has increased, um... I think it like, I would have been more inclined to buy this. I already bought it. So everybody, shut up! Everybody, shut up! <laughs> Every, everybody, shut up! But <laughs> <laughs> but um, it would have been an easier pill to swallow at launch. I wouldn't have thought about it. I would have just yeah. just been like, "Cool, I have the amiibo uh, set. I'm good to go." But like November's going to hit, and God of War is going to be out. Sorry, Nintendo fans, but got to play it. Um, and I don't know. Like, I keep going back to Splatoon. I don't know if I'm going to by November. You will. I'll make you. Yeah, you probably will. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll still be going back. Yeah. It's just a lot.
0: But, yeah. It, I don't I think 15 is a really fair price for an Amiibo. I think that when you look at gaming figures and collectibles as a whole, they are extremely expensive, which is why Amiibo were kind of a godsend for Nintendo fans, because these things are good. They are good figures. Like They are now. First yeah, they are now. They, weren't some, at launch, they were not at launch. And the price hike happened. You can't have it both ways. The price hike happened, and now they're really good. Sure. $4 increase, and now they are really high-quality figures. I get what you're saying, where you're like, you're buying them because you need to complete a set. A set that you are not passionate about, maybe never were, but it's this compulsive need that we have yeah, like to continue the set.
1: You know, I get every star in Mario, so I have to buy these. You know, that's, that is yeah. that is the compulsion. It, honestly, it's a problem, but... And that's my own issue that I need to figure out. But yeah, if you're I, a
0: Splatoon Super fan, I think sixteen bucks for each of these. I think it's a fair price. Yeah. And you, you complained about what they do. Yeah, who really even cares about that anymore? I know. <laughs> about what they do. I know. When you scan them in. I pre-ordered them also. Uh, small fry. I think is awesome. I think that's a great amiibo. Looking forward to those. But let's talk about the Splatfest here. Grass versus fire versus water. The three starter types throughout the history of Pokemon. Yes, I great job guys. I'm thrilled you're doing this. I really want more Nintendo crossovers. In May, a week before Zelda comes out, let's do Triforce Power versus Courage versus Wisdom. Like keep that up. It's fun. Tweet uh, this tweet got way more likes than the announcement of the rock paper scissors one tweet. Like Nintendo fans want Nintendo things crossing into their other Nintendo games. There's a ton of ones out here you can do. Fire Emblem, the three houses, could be a splat fest. Like there's so many. So glad you're doing it with this one. Keep it up. I want to ask you guys what type you. What type are you picking for the splat fest? Because we've never really talked about our history with Pokemon starters. So Odell, where yeah, grass, fire, water. Gotta go with fire. Fire, okay. Chris, probably grass. Team grass all the way. I'm on team grass. I've picked grass the last four gens in a row. Uh, gen uh, six through gen or uh- gen. Yeah, five through eight. I pick rest.
1: Charizard was my starter as a child. Like, okay, and now I've gotten to the point where I just respect all of them equally. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, but, of the uh, original three, or of, all the the types? of the original three, but like, yeah, they're all great. Yeah, yeah. as far as like one of my favorite Pokemon, um, Rowlet is like, he's just he's the man.
0: Yes. Yeah, and is Miles Edgeworth the second evolution? Yeah, he's also the man. <laughs> all right looking forward to that it is a shame the amiibo didn't make it for launch but this is the next best thing to time it with a Splatfest. fest it's close enough so that is november 11th big day for splatoon big week for wallets on this podcast because god of war and sonic frontiers are both out that week and then pokemon is out the next week
2: and don't but forget splatoon about mario the week before what what mario plus rabbits the week before oh my god Isn't that a couple weeks before?
1: That's in October, right? October. It's the last week in October. Yeah, I think yeah. Yeah, so So like like, a couple weeks and a half. Yeah, two two
0: ish, two and a half weeks before.
1: Yeah, Yeah. that game is going to be ten dollars in six months. That's what drives me nuts about it. Is like I have no problem waiting to play that game, but like Jess is counting down the days. Like I have to buy it day one, or else I'm never going to hear the end of it.
0: And someone has to to talk about it on this year's show. Apparently, I mean, it's me. I'm
2: getting it day
1: one. <laughs> hey, Part I'm One not. was
2: a great game. I am looking forward to the sequel.
1: I never finished this, the first one because she kidnapped it. For shame! Yeah, did she play the DLC? Yes, she did. All right, that's why I married her. Yeah, it's coming up that's soon. It's <laughs> <reasons>. that's, <laughs> that's
0: really soon. That's really soon, man. November's really soon too, man. This year's fine. Okay. Yeah. Next topic up here because this show's also going fast. We're almost out of time. This is a new statue for Link from Tears of the Kingdom was at Nintendo Live. If you don't know, this is in Tokyo, and this was uh, an event that had concerts based on Animal Crossing and Splatoon three. It wasn't the first one they did. They did a they did a Splatoon two concert a few years ago. Also, well,
1: they should do a Kirby like, one, right? Hmm. Didn't they just do a Kirby one? Was that Nintendo
0: Live or was that unrelated? I don't know if that was a Nintendo that Live. That may have been unrelated. I'm event. sorry. But yeah, a couple of years ago, they did a Splatoon 2 one with like Pearl Marina out there. And so now they did a Splatoon 3 one and they had DJ KK Slider doing one for Animal Crossing. And kind of in like the lobby area of this event, there was a giant Tears of the Kingdom set that looked like the key art was this, the backdrop. It had the name of the game. It had the date because they're making the date. I don't know if anyone doubts that they're making the date. But I have full confidence that they're making the date. Uh, but the awesome thing here was they had a giant statue of Link wearing an updated version of the champion's tunic. Not sure if you noticed. It looks different than it did in Breath of the Wild. It has like some chainmail additions. Looks kind of more in line with what he looks like in Skyward Sword. I noticed, theorizing that those games are still pretty connected. We'll see about that. And then this, the green hand that we see and kind so cool. of get cursed within the first trailer. And then he has in the second. It is It is outstretched. So yeah, very cool statue. I'm my first thought was, I hope this is the amiibo pose for link for tears. of The kingdom. I hope we get an amiibo to go with all the other links. That looks like this.
1: I want the, uh, so I have that. I think it's first four figures. Does it the big, there's a link statue that is in the same, that same pose. Um, mm-hmm. Oh man. I hope they do one of this. I think it's just so yeah. cool. looking.
0: Yeah. But I want this real one. Don't make it
1: part. $500 uh, to get his arm <laughs> to light up. Like I hate that. The Banjo Kazooie statues are so expensive. (laughs) Uh
0: Majora's mask is like that too. Yeah. Yeah. It was really expensive. Yeah, but uh, they're marketing this game. This is hitting the date. Like, I know we're still seven months away, but for me, seeing this here with the date attached and a new look at Link, a statue they've made, it's like, okay, we're kicking into the marketing cycle already for this game. They gave it a date. They didn't just say spring. It's hitting. I still see some people that think this thing's getting delayed, but I'm over here telling you, I would bet, I'd bet that it's not going
2: to. It's going I would to. too. I'd double down in Vegas.
1: Yeah. No, I'm with you. Yeah. I think this, that I think this was supposed to be this year's big title and yeah. it got pushed because yep. not having a Zelda game right now just feels off.
2: Yeah. Imagine and you could have a Mario had... game next year too. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. 2017 all over again.
1: Hey, What's real quick, series? circle back to the uh, the Mario movie real quick. Sorry, Logan, I know you hate when I do this. Um, do I? I don't know. I feel like you do. You're a very structured individual. As far mm. as the plot is concerned with that, I have this hunch that they're going to be using like the, the Mario RPG storyline where like Bowser's going to all these different kingdoms collecting power stars, and you have to go like, I stop like, him. So
0: you got one star, and I was like, I finally found it. So it seems like just the one is...
2: That'd be weird if there was just one, right?
0: Yeah.
2: I feel like each – I'm assuming each kingdom has a power star that I don't know powers the kingdom.
1: Yeah, that was kind of my thought. Yeah, that'd be cool. Anyway, sorry. I wanted to bring that up earlier and I forgot.
0: We're moving on here to our last topic of the day, and this is from a listener. We asked you last week, what should our question segment be called? And one listener wrote in. Here are the two ideas that we have here. And I asked you guys to bring some ideas also. So hopefully you did. Uh, Cody wrote in and said, Nintending to messages. And no reaction. No reaction from the crowd. And Malio Party are two suggestions that one's from cute. our listener, Cody. Like
1: that one's cute.
0: And then we have a question from Cody also that we'll get to uh, after. After we talk about the name ideas, Chris, did you bring a name idea um, to the boardroom?
1: I had just like the Koopa Question Corner or Koopaling Question Corner, and then we refer to all of our audience members as Koopalings. But okay, uh, what if we called it Catch You Letter, which is the name of the letter game a Mario Party mini game from Mario Party? Nice. That sounds like a winner.
0: <laughs> that sounds like a
1: winner. <laughs> the Mario oh, no, Party got me thinking idea? about it. I was like, wait a minute.
2: My Mine my, my is pretty much just straightforward because it's already a phrase. Questions for the board.
0: Questions for the board. I was I would, trying to think of something like that.
1: Yeah, I was trying to get there with something like that. And I was like, what are they? Is there like a, a word for that? Like if you want to.
2: Yeah, that's what they say at the the the, uh, the the investor calls and stuff when they get done talking. It's questions for mm-hmm. the board. Yeah. Okay, we'll sit on it another week. <laughs> I'm
0: loving catch Catchy Letter. I, I'm really into that. It's a great Mario Party minigame. Great Mario Party
1: minigame. Yeah, it's
0: in the new one, the remake. Is that yeah. the one where the love letters are worth like 10 points or whatever? Yeah. Yes, uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, and there's the shy guy running around like a madman. Yeah. You have to catch. DK has a distinct advantage in the in Mario Party Superstars in that minigame. Yeah. Because he's so wide. He, all Most of the characters have similar frame, and then DK either has huge disadvantage or advantage, depending on what minigame you're playing. The penguin one, where they run him off the cliff. Pushy penguins. DK, yeah, pushy penguins, DK is... Is a tough draw on that one. All right, Catchy Letter is the leading candidate for our letter segment. Uh, but Cody asks, is there any physics slash immersion break from a game that completely pulls you out of it every time? I'm playing Bayonetta 2, and the fact that the Undyne flamethrowers work underwater breaks my feeble brain. So I personally am pretty good at suspending disbelief whatever. I don't care, but I know not everyone's like that. You're both thinking about it. Do either of you have an answer to to I
1: have a very specific and, like, I don't think I've ever admitted this to anybody. Okay. <laughs> so, and Odell's going to know exactly what I'm talking about because he played this, like, at the same time that I did. The original Sonic Adventure. Anytime, like, I was at a young age, right? You're, you're kind of figuring out how to be a person and, like, how to interact with just other people. I'm going to stand up. <laughs> so, video version on YouTube. When I'm gonna, I'm gonna back up so people can see. But when Sonic is standing and not moving, his legs are constantly bouncing, so he just looks like this. Oh,
0: here he goes. He's, he's going back. <laughs> 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 you get, that is worth watching. But when That's I, worth watching. When YouTube.
1: I when I was a little kid. I used to do that. Like, I remember, like, I thought that was just how people stood because, <laughs> so there was like, there was like a two week period where like I was playing Sonic adventure and going through his campaign. And I was just like, Hey mom, do you want to go? <laughs> can I have a sandwich? It's super weird.
0: You can't have Pokemon.
1: Yeah. But now when I see it, I think of that and it, yeah, I can, when I think of that, it like breaks my brain. And I like, I just feel embarrassed whenever I play Sonic adventure now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a good one. That is a good one. Odell, how about you?
2: Um, I can't I can't think of I know there's probably something that's super obvious to me, and I'm just not thinking about it, but this is something that happens across many different games. And it's any game where you can fly or just move around and the underwater mechanic is just the flying mechanic with zero difference other than you know this blue filter. That bothers the hell out of me. I'm like, why even do that?
1: Kingdom Hearts is kind of like that. Oh, okay. If in uh, the Little Mermaid world is kind that kind of feels that way.
2: Yeah. yeah, that easy example. If you can't think of some people, think about any fighting game ever. Oh, we're now fighting in the water, but it has zero effect on what we were doing on land. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, why, why, why even do this? Like, I think about any Dragon Ball Z game. I think about some, like, uh, 2D fighters where, like, when the stage breaks and, like, water rushes in or you're underwater now, and it's just, like, this is stupid.
0: (laughs) I've got one that irrationally bothers me. Because mostly I'm not bothered. Uh, in, In Horizon Forbidden West, when this is the most egregious example of it, when a character model clips through a weapon... It just bugs me. It just bugs me a lot. Her
1: hair and in that her game hair is clips also through
0: everything. horrible. Yeah, it her, moves. It her moves, hair
1: has its it own moves. gravitational pull. Yeah, <laughs> like it just yeah, completely. Unlike, oh, exactly. whoa, 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 whoa. It looks like an octopus yeah. is living on her. Yeah.
2: Oh yes. man, y'all just reminded me of this. I don't. I don't know if you're going to remember this, Logan. I assume you should. Chris should definitely remember this because this happens in Sonic Adventure. This happens sometimes in Banjo Kazooie. This happens in Mario sixty four. This happens in a lot of early three D games. I don't know what about coding or programming. I don't know nothing about that. don't come at me, people. But I hate when characters hold things and their hands don't actually touch the item. It's like <laughs> it's like an inch away. And it's like like they are like, Look, I brought you the egg, but like no part of their hand is actually touching the egg or penguin or whatever. And I'm like
1: like they're supposed to be what? gripping it, but it's just like an open ball. Mm. Here you go. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah. And then when you see it sideways, like if they ever do like something where they move it, you see like there is literal air. You can fit things in yeah. between the object and their hands. And I was like, why did they do that? If they made it touching, would it, would it cause this horrible clipping merging? I don't know why they did it. I assume since so many games did that, they had to be like, if we make it touch, it's going to look stupid. So this is the compromise. I, I'm assuming, but I remember growing up, I'd be like, why can't nobody actually touch stuff?
1: Everyone uses the force on the N64. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh.
2: <laughs> And then I
0: think I got one more that it, again, it doesn't really pull me out of it because I'm 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 not picky. I understand it's a game, so it doesn't really bug me. But uncharted when you aren't moving and then you pull off a jump that like you would have to have full sprinting <laughs> momentum <laughs> to yeah. actually be able to do. Yeah, it, it's just funny. It's I funny love, love a standstill oh,
2: just like a leap 30 feet forward. It's so, great. Yeah. the one that the one that does for me is when you do a full 180. And jump, like, five feet. So not only did you have enough force to jump, turn 180 degrees, but you also cleared, like, three feet.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. one more is the – I think the Lego games do this a lot where you'll you'll be driving a vehicle and then you'll hit a ramp. And, like, that ramp is scripted to feel like you're going through a slow motion thing. But you could be, uh-huh. like, at a crawl and all of a sudden you hit the ramp and it's like, boom, and it just, like, launches you off of it into, yeah. like, some slow motion animation where they say like some cool catchphrase and then they land and it's like <laughs> i didn't earn that i was going no. <laughs> you know a mile per hour
0: uh-huh. yeah okay good question though if you have any Koopa links, i guess that's what chris wants to call the listeners i don't know how i feel about you. Uh, <laughs> is email us totalboardroom at gmail.com and email us with your questions for the tentatively named catch you letter we'll see we'll let it sit for a while but i think that's a great that's a great candidate. uh but with that that is it This week in the Toadstool Boardroom, another episode in the books. Thanks so much for listening. You can find us on Twitter at ToadstoolBR. Email us, toadstoolboardroom at gmail.com. We're weekly in Nintendo show here every Thursday, noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. Next week, what are we talking about next week? I don't know. There's nothing going on. Nothing new coming out. Wow.
1: That might be like the last week between things happening.
0: It is, yeah. Unless we get a surprise. In two weeks, we'll be talking about rabbits. Rabbids. And shortly after that, we'll be talking about uh, Bayonetta 3, which will be out, if any of us are playing that. And Pokemon and, and Sonic and a whole lot of stuff that's coming up. So it's an exciting time in the boardroom. But for now, you can find Odell on Twitter at Odell Harmon Jr. You can find Chris at Shrives93. You can find myself at Logan at J. Plan. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week, and we'll catch you next time right here in the Toadstool boardroom.